Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. A 48-year-old man from Italy broke the country's lockdown when he needed some space after an argument with his wife. (laughs) (laughs) He hiked for a week with no supplies. Can you imagine? No supplies. I'm going for darts, dear. I'll be back in a week or two. Yeah, nothing. He wound up 280 miles away when the cops caught him. Holy cow. His wife had to drive across the country to get him. And when she got there, the cops made her pay a $480 fine for violating the virus restrictions. See, that's walking too far because that's a long ride home. Oh, yeah, it's probably yeah. I would have said, you know what? I'll pay another 480 bucks. Let me walk again. Just go into the backyard for a week and just <laughs> yeah, sit camp there. out. <laughs> Don't go that far away. Wow. I mean, I've, I've gotten into the car and taken a drive. Yes. To get a little breather. Uh-huh. But uh, walking 280 miles, I don't think so. The highest paid legal prostitute in the U.S. is a woman named Alice Little from the Moonlight Bunny Ranch in Nevada. Mm-hmm. She has sued the Nevada state government for shutting down brothels in March and keeping them closed as basically everything else opened. Before the pandemic... Alice was making a million bucks a year. Wow. Lying on her back <laughs> or sitting on her knees or I don't know what, she, but she's uh, she was doing very well for herself. Working hard for the money. Yeah, and it is, it is kind of tough to say, well, if everything else is open, why can't I be? Well, a bit of a different business in terms of, you know, uh, PPE. Well, she did COVID testing, though. I mean, right. I guess, you know. I don't know. We'll see what she gets. But a million bucks a year for the prostitution business. Not bad, huh? <laughs> I think I'm going to get into that game. <laughs> <laughs> Open up my six-star brothel. Well, you remember yeah. my dream. I remember that idea. Yeah. Uh, a couple in the U.K. who uh, bumped their wedding from July to this weekend have had to bump their wedding again because the venue they booked is going to be used as a vaccine distribution site. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen. Do you remember? Do you remember how how rosy we thought it was going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, in April we thought, oh, by this will be done by the yeah by the fall, by school time we'll we'll be yeah. through this. As it continues to carry on, the never ending story. I guess so. A doctor in Oregon spoke at a rally uh, for the outgoing president and uh, their his supporters last month and bragged. This is a doctor bragged about how he and his staff never wear masks. Now the state medical board has suspended his license. Oh, I was going to say he got it. Mm. Uh, the Giuliani story is is uh, is quite something. The fact that you know straight away going, the fact that he went into hospital mm-hmm. as quickly as he did. Oh sure, you know not that he just tested positive, but he went straight to hospital. Probably having it. trouble breathing. Well, this is a guy who was you know as of Thursday was still in a courtroom farting up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> He's a super spreader. Yeah, I guess he is on both ends. The SNL bit uh, Saturday night at the opening was great. Right. <laughs> so funny having him fart every two minutes. Speaking of SNL, I guess they had that country singer finally show up. That guy had got, uh, he got suspended or he was supposed to be on with Bill Burr. Right. They caught him in a, in a party in Alabama or something. And so uh, the NBC exec said, no, you're not coming to our sound stage. Surprised they had him back. Yeah. They did a little funny bit with him and, uh, and uh, who was the host again? Um, uh, Jason Bateman. Of course, Jason Bateman. I uh, did a funny Batman. bit. 
That's right, where Jason Bateman was uh, him, this this country singer in the future, uh, and coming back. It was a cute little bit. He kind of apologized for being caught at that party. But I hung in for a little bit of his first song and a little bit of his second song. And what it did for me was just reconfirm how much I hate country music. <laughs> oh, it is just written at a grade four level. It is ridiculous. And it's the same song over and over again. I could work jazz. Punk polkas I could play. <laughs> Before I had to work. Is there a big punk polka market? Is there? There might be. I, I, I'll find it because I would do that before I had to. I play country. I play Christmas music twelve months of the year <laughs> before I had to play one country song. What tripe! Uh, anyhow, want to know how I really feel? I was going to ask. Yeah. How, how do you really feel, yeah. Craig? I mean, we've got a country station here in our building. I love the people I work with. I, I love. They're all good people. Just close the door. Just can't take the music. <laughs> That's just me. Um, this is one time you're required to wear a mask in a bank and criminals still screw it up. The police in Mississippi are looking for a guy who pulled down his face mask while he was robbing a bank, <laughs> giving the cameras a clear look of his face. <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> and uh, finally, a bar owner in Staten Island, New York. This was actually a part of SNL as well. Pete Davidson did a bit about this during the uh, weekend update. A bar owner in Staten Island, New York keeps violating lockdown orders, was arrested for opening again, and then hitting a cop with his car when he tried to flee. <laughs> Pete Davidson did this, uh, the, his take on Eminem. Yeah. When he recreated Stan. Remember the video yeah. with Dido and Kate McKinnon great. came in to play that? It was really well done. Yeah, and then Eminem showed up there at the end. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's terrific. Last year, Grubhub released its annual list of the trendiest delivery foods of the year. So 2019. And in 2019, the biggest jump in popularity was a lot of plant-based foods. Now, they've just released the list for 2020, and ain't nobody <laughs> caring for anything plant-based. <laughs> just bring on the comfort grub. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'm saving the environment already by not sure. driving around as much. Yeah. We're not plowing through the fields at all right now. We're good. So get yourself a poutine. Right. Uh, so they just released their list of the uh, favorite uh, delivery foods. And it's all comfort food. Spicy chicken sandwich, a chicken burrito bowl, uh, chicken wings, waffle fries, cold brew coffee, steak quesadillas, ice lattes, fish and chips, strawberry shakes, and roast beef sandwiches. Wow. People are ordering up a coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My brother-in-law tells me he gets lots of orders. So he has a, a, a few franchise restaurants. And he says he'll, he'll get, like, a, a skip the dishes for, like, a large Coke. Really? Yeah. Like a fountain pop? I guess, yeah. Cost him, like, 10 cents. <laughs> yeah. Cost the customer five bucks. Yeah. Or whatever it is to have that delivered. And uh, while it seems ridiculous, I, I remember having a conversation uh, with the guy at the, the burrito shop I go to, and, and he was saying it, it's a different world. He's got, like, a series of iPads behind him, mm. uh, and, uh, and you know, it looks like he's running some computer network. And, no, it's all these ordering systems and platforms, right? right? Uh, but he said, you know, there's a college and there's a university nearby, but kids don't get their license. Right away. They don't bother with it. It's, much, no. it's not like, you know, we're Gen X. The day I turned 16, oh. I was getting my license the day I could. The only book I ever read when I was uh, like 14 <laughs> or 15 years old was that driver's handbook. The old 365. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, But it's not like that. Now. Mm. Like, we were scrambling to get a car, mm -hmm. pay the insurance, get a car payment and gas. And, you know, 
you know, teens and youth nowadays are nah, they don't they don't bother with that. So if instead of taking the bus to go to a restaurant or uh, a cab or an Uber, even mm. it's just easier to sit at home and have them delivered to you. Pay that fee. For most teens these days, mom and dad still put them in a car seat, buckle them in. <laughs> if you figure it's three, what, three to five bucks for the delivery charge yeah. or service for it, sure. You know, that's like a hundred deliveries a month mm. to pay what would be a car payment and insurance. No, so for sure. If you do the math, you're ahead of the game. Uh, Grubhub also says their biggest single order of the year was someone ordering 300 bean burritos. Oh, my God. Please tell me they weren't on a septic system. (laughs) The runner-up was someone who ordered 250 tacos. We do love our Mexican eats, for sure. So, we'll see. (laughs) Just be a methane explosion. What decade's hairstyle do you think was both the most ridiculous and iconic? 80s, got to be 80s, yeah. right? Full on 80s. The crimping and the no, the, just the bigness of it. Yeah, you know, you go back and look at the photos of the 80s. Go see photos of you know weddings you were at. I was dating an Italian girl, so the hair was huge right. uh, <laughs> at a lot of weddings. Someone could be five foot four, and their hair was six feet two. That's right. Uh, most women say they've had about six different hairstyles in their life. They've also dyed their hair four different colors and had four terrible haircuts. That That is, I think, the difference between men and women is that we basically find a hairstyle uh, somewhere in our teens right. and just stick with it our entire <laughs> life. For the most part. A little bit of updates here and there. Yeah. You change a part. Right. You know, a change a product. Uh, style it a little differently once or twice. But, I mean, not a lot of color changes. Until you get a little later on in life, and then you're trying to yeah. maybe avoid some gray. Hide the gray a little bit. I, uh, I remember being you know, in, uh, in school and uh, at some point going with the feathered hair, the part down the middle and uh, you know, all feathered back. And right. I, I, I rocked that style for a very long time to the point that even today when I let my hair grow out too much, that it just because of the weight of it, it just goes automatically back to that part. Really? Right down the middle. Yeah. Wow. I thought of you, uh, <laughs> 16 Candles was on. Mm. Uh, it's such a great flick, but I, I only caught the very end of it. But the end is, you know, the wedding scene where right. you know, the sister and new brother in law are coming out. And he walks out, big mullet, dart hanging out like this <laughs> on the steps of the church yeah. in his gray tux. And all I can think of. Well, I wonder if that's what Ben looked like. We've got a bit of a dress rehearsal going on for the uh, rollout of the vaccine. Uh-huh. I'm going to get uh, ready for that, and then we'll start figuring out or finding out who gets to the uh, front of the line. You would hope, of course, that uh, first and foremost would be frontline workers, uh, doctors, nurses, uh, those even working in the general public. I want to see the people in the grocery stores, driving cabs, buses, flying planes, working with any... You know, any situation where you're dealing with the general public, I want those people at the front of the line. I would assume they won't get there first, though. Probably our leaders will get there first. Well, it's an interesting question. I guess we can kind of watch uh, how how Britain does it. They've uh, announced today being V-Day, kind of a, a harkening back to the end of the war kind of thing, where they start their vaccination process. I think it's tomorrow. Um and, uh, and yeah, they, they've started with frontline workers and uh, people with comorbidities, uh, starting with age. You'll start those who are above 80 and then the 75, mm-hmm. 70, and work, work their way down until 
uh, the general population gets it. Um, and and I would imagine, you know, that would likely be the rollout in most places. I know the states, they've already said that uh, a couple of past presidents, uh, Bush, as they got involved with this, Obama, Clinton, yeah. and said, you know, they would take it publicly, like on television, just to kind of reassure people yep. that it is safe to take. Listen, I'll put this in my arm, so you should put it in yours. And Britain talking about doing that with uh, not only their Prime Minister and Boris Johnson, but the Queen and, uh, and Prince Philip, who are, of course, in their elderly state, mm-hmm. but would be in that prime uh, category. My question is, when I hear that, does that make you... Are, are you happier to hear that the leaders would take it, or are you ticked off that they're first in line? No, I think I'm happier that they'll take it. I love the idea of both Republican and Democrat leaders in the states standing side by side and doing it. I, I think that would help to get some people who are on the fence about it. Those who just are anti-vax and say not a chance, you could have the the you could have Jesus come back and take a shot, and they still wouldn't buy into it. So, and there will be those who probably say that the shot that the former leaders take isn't real anyhow. Right. Um, but no, I, I I'm fine with uh, with our leaders and the Queen and and others. If Ford and Trudeau get theirs before me, eh, I'm fine with that. Like honestly, the Queen. You know, to quarantine for her in a pandemic, she's got 180 rooms to choose from. Right. right? She can go from room to room to room and palace to palace mm. and uh, and be fine back there. I guess her staff needs it, you know, to take care of her. Uh, but, you know, for those who are locked down in a two-bedroom apartment or, or less than that, a studio mm. apartment, might be a little tougher uh, having waited this out for 10 months to hear that, oh, the queen in her palace's We'll get it first. And she won't have to go anywhere and get it. It'll be brought to her. So, you know. Yeah. Look, I, she's the queen for crying out loud. I mean, she's, you know, in her 90s. She was uh, front and center during World War II and helped to lead that. Cause she's done a lot. So if she wants to get a cup of tea and a shot in the arm before somebody else, <laughs> I'm, I'm all good with that. We live in the day and age where you're not going to please everyone, right? No, like, you know, uh, there are going to be some who say, well, no, they should be back of the line mm. uh, because, you know, get it to, that's, if they only have a, a certain, you know, a million doses to start with, uh, that's one person who needs it not getting it for the queen who could probably stay at home right now. Charles is probably pissed that the Queen's getting it. <laughs> One more reason to keep mummy upright. Give her the placebo. <laughs> and send her for a walk downtown. <laughs> yeah. Listen, at this stage of the game, uh, you know, I'm sure. Take Actually, take care of all the leaders. You know, send it over to their homes. Pump it into their homes. Let's just get this moving. Right. You know. Because, you know, there's a side where you see now Rudy Giuliani is in hospital. He's got mm. the coronavirus, and so tweets uh, the president. He will likely get that, you know, cocktail that Trump got, the remdesivir and the Regeneron and the million dollars worth yep. of drugs that are on a, a a private sampling that you can't get unless you know somebody. And, of mm-hmm. course, he's got a pretty good guy in his favor. Chris Christie got the same treatment as the president. The average American who catches COVID, obviously the 280,000 who were dead didn't get it, uh, but the average person not getting anywhere near this stuff. I think that's true, though, probably of all medicine. I, You know, obviously, uh, if you've got uh, money or you're in a position of power, you're going to have access to better things. That's right across the board from celebrities to politicians. 
to just wealthy business people. You know, uh, if you if you are a leader, if you're like a Trudeau or somebody, and you come down with any kind of illness, you're going to have access to better doctors. Yeah, and uh, and all of that stuff. I guess we should have known that Giuliani had uh, had the COVID with all the farting. <laughs> Is that a symptom? That's a symptom. Yeah. Time for Teddy Reader for Helinda's Meats. Good morning, Teddy. Good morning, Craigie. Good morning, little Lucky. Teddy, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, hate in winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We're not even there yet. No, so no, just, uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, you know. We, uh, Wearing lots of layers. Yeah, it's only just begun. We'll be uh, good and miserable in about uh, two months' time. Now, uh, I was telling Lucky... Uh, earlier, that with uh, having our oldest son home from England uh, for Christmas, we did something we haven't done in a long time, and we uh, made up the full Sunday night roast beef Yorkshire pudding dinner. And so I actually went to Halinda's uh, Sunday morning and got a, a great rump roast, and it was excellent. Turned out great. Cooked it low and slow. Uh, but uh, any tips, Teddy, when it comes to, say, grilling a roast beef? And what cut is really good for the barbecue? Well, uh, the the best cut is uh, the prime rib cut. And you don't have to do a, a, a full prime rib. It's seven bones to nine bones. That's a big one. Mm. You uh, you can buy a nice two, three-bone prime rib. And the best way to do it on the, on the grill is, well, there's two methods. But one is put it on the rotisserie and mm. spin it. If you want, you can take the tip of a knife and you can make some slashes into the meat and insert garlic cloves. I did that. Oh, oh hey. wow. The kid's learning. Whoa, the kid's doing. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes, sir. And, uh, and then just, and just cook it nice and easy, right? You don't want to go, you know, certain roasts, you got to take all the way up to 180 degrees mm. if you're doing like a pot roast, right? And that needs moisture and heat and keeps it nice and tender so that it, because it's a tougher cut. But when you're getting into those prime ribs, it's low and slow, and you want to take it to that internal temperature of like 135 degrees, let it rest, and then slice it nice. Whether it's thin or thick, it doesn't matter. Just slice it, and it'll be a beautiful pink on the inside. The other method I was just going to say would be like the reverse sear. So if you put it into your smoker at a low temperature, 200, 235 degrees, that range, and then put a, a probe on the inside so that you can watch the temperature, and when it comes up to about uh, 115 degrees internal, and then you can crank it up and you can sear the outside of the roast and bring it up to 130, 135, and then let it rest and then carve it from there. So there's a couple methods you could do nice and easy. Okay, Ted, so when you got that done, I am a gravy guy. And so uh, if you're doing it on the grill, are you collecting juices from this? How are you putting together your gravy? Well, uh, traditionally, I would open the can. <laughs> Warm it low, stovetop. <laughs> That's great. It, uh, you're not going to get a lot of juice coming off of it if you're doing rotisserie. And so it's best is I usually make uh, a beef stock, and I'll do that, you know, a few times a year, and I'll make up a whack of uh, stock, and then I keep it in the freezer, and I use that to make my gravy. And I'll start with a roux, a little butter and flour mixture, and thicken the stock up, and then add in any other flavors I want. If you wanted to put a little red wine in there, a little bit of cognac, you could go that route. Mm. If you wanted to make it a garlic base or an onion base, you caramelize the onions and then add in your stock and thicken it up like that. It'd be almost like making a, a thick soup, mm -hmm. but only it's a gravy at that point. 
I do love a roast beef. For a while there, I was treating it like a big fat steak, too, where I go out and buy a roast that was kind of, you know, a, a rectangle, I guess, sort of shape, a little thinner and longer. And I would sear it and then throw it in the oven at like 450 and cook it hot and fast. Yeah. It was really, yeah. really quite yeah. good. And uh, a cheaper roast, if you want, a less expensive, cheap isn't the mm. nicest word, but a, a less expensive roast would be uh, eye of the round. Right. And uh, that that's a wonderful, wonderful piece of meat to smoke and then take it to, again, an internal temperature, about 130 degrees, 135 degrees, and slice it thin, and it'll be delicious. Yes. Pilot high, pour over the gravy, but... Craigie, I'm I'm interested to know about your Yorkshire pudding. I made it from scratch, flour, milk, and eggs. It rose up from the tiny little in cupcake trays. It became the size of baseballs and bigger. Wow, it was beautiful! Uh, oh, right on, so yeah. light and fluffy and, yeah. and airy on the inside. Just great for pulling apart and dipping in the gravy. Yes, sir. And I put yeah, a little yeah. cup of water in the bottom of the roasting t- uh, tray, and then threw in a bunch of chopped up uh, onion and garlic. So when the drippings came down, that all got mixed in for the gravy. Oh, Teddy, you would have been so proud of me. Man, I I'm, know. I'm, I'm, I, I just lucky. What are we gonna do? He's cooking, <laughs> he's cooking it up like yeah. no tomorrow. Yeah. Did it all with a big old fat scotch in my hand as well. <laughs> Man, you're living the dream on a Sunday afternoon. It was absolutely perfect. Teddy, if people want to talk roast or grilling or doing any barbecue, and how do they get a hold of you, pal? Ah, you're going to find me in the social media world at Ted Grills. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.